Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. Thank you for joining us on the Operate Intelligently podcast. Today we're coming to you live from Dude University in downtown Raleigh, and joining me is John Dufay, who's the Executive Director of Maintenance Operation at Albuquerque Public Schools. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Good morning. What a beautiful day it is here in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, Blue nice skies. and sunny. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful today. So, John, tell us a little bit more about your role with Albuquerque Public Schools and, and your history with Dude. Uh, well, I've been with the school district 30 years. In my 31st year, I'm the Executive Director of Operations, which is part of maintenance and operations. And we've been using School Dude really from day one almost back in 2002 2003 and then went full board 2004 wow so yeah quite a long history with the- yes and uh, love it and it, it, it's just it's what we really need to, to move forward in today's world of you know technology and, and all kinds of automation systems and mm. things and information and data so you had a chance to speak today at Dude University, yes. and could you tell us a little bit about what you spoke? Well, mostly about uh, using data for data-driven decision-making and how we use data to do predictability and all the things that we do at this level now. It, it's no longer uh, maintenance operations like a wrench and things like that. You have your technicians carrying a laptop, having them carry a tablet, uh, they plug into everything, so it's a it's a different world. Yeah. Even the mechanics carry a laptop because they plug into vehicles. They don't open the hood and look at it and kick the tires anymore. Yeah, it's I mean, you a have different the, world. You have your diagnostics tools. You also have you know the ability to retrieve information that you know in older days we we had to carry around manuals or, or go back to a central storage facility or something like that to look up. This stuff, but now we have that ability to get it in real time. Absolutely, and that really goes for even the technologies that we're using in buildings now, whether it's air conditioning systems, elevator systems, uh, lighting systems, all the things that we're seeing out there, the controls, DDC controls, digital controls, everything seems to have just really jumped forward with technology. And of products that are driven, whether it's just Bluetooth, that, but everything's connected. Uh, we were listening, matter of fact, uh, yesterday, someone was saying, you know, in another 10 years, you'll have 10 or 15 items connected to some digital, thinking, we've got that now. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to wait 15 years, you got it now. We, you know, I could go on, how did I forget? I'm all the way here, and I think, oh, did I shut the garage door? I'll pull it up and I can check on my phone that I shut the garage door. Is it mm-hmm. shut? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, who's at the door? You know, let me look. Let me, uh, it, it's, it's now. Yeah, yeah. From lights to everything. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the schools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking about kind of uh, becoming more data-driven, did you find uh, that you had like a challenge in like kind of the, the cultural shift of how people were... Uh, you know, more so going to go back to that data reporting tool or that automation tool that's giving them data versus maybe other ways they were getting it before? Well, I think there's a huge culture change uh, in, in many different ways, but you have a culture of going from, like we said earlier, from the 
shade tree mechanic or from somebody that, you know, you open the hood, you look at it, you listen to the engine, you kick the tires, you try to figure out, to now plugging in and looking at it. And, and so it takes a whole different level of thinking. It takes a level of, of, of training. And so you have uh, technicians who, when someone says, my air conditioner's not working, and you go, okay, you don't, it's not just going out there, put a ladder up there and go see if the motor's working mm-hmm. or turn on a switch or whatever. First thing you're doing is you open up the laptop, you go into the controls and you see something's off on, and then you drill down deeper and look for which motor is problem. Is it reversed? You can have graphics, you see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you can make the diagnostics uh, piece there, do the analytical work, and then you can send either tech out there, or you can fix it right there on the computer by turning on a switch. Did it just trip? Is it off? Is it occupied mode, unoccupied mode, maybe? You can fix it there, or you ha- may send a tech, but you're, you already know what you where, where you're sending that tech for. Mm-hmm. And he goes immediately to that unit. If it's a school, there may be 12, 15 units. Yeah. I don't have to go look at it. I know which one I'm going to, and I know what part I'm looking. Mm-hmm. So uh, is there any other trends or technology that you're looking to kind of uh, see for the first time or explore a little bit more while you're here at Dude University? Well, I think you're, we're looking right now. We, we're into the energy manager, mm-hmm. and, and energy manager is, a, is an incredible tool that taught that you're able to look at it uh, real time mm-hmm. you can look at energy usage every 15 minutes whatever you want it as where the energy is being used what areas it being used what what school are we having a problem controlling peak demand surcharges uh, de- uh, those are so punitive mm-hmm. to where it's important to work, uh, to follow those and to to monitor what's going on, mm-hmm. where we're able to then shut units down, whether we're whether we're curbing uh, some usage or whether we do a slow startup in the mornings, like during the winter time, or during the summer instead of having hard starts, we're able to control a soft start, meaning that we stagger each unit to start, so we don't have a big surge of electricity, mm-hmm. and then gives us a peak. Charge, demand charge. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things you can do, and and also controlling what where there's a problem is is electricity being used at night that's above and beyond what there is. So you can monitor night usage, weekend usage, and I, and I think that's the one thing that how we drive our the future of our school business, mm-hmm. and it's any business facility, but for us in the school business, where do we put our resources? Resources yeah. are limited no matter where, what kind, but in education they're limited, and do you put it in this building, you put it here, you can do forecasting, and, and so we're looking at where our problem schools are, mm-hmm. and, and you can always say, well, I know where my school is, but can you really show me? And and that's what the data does, and the thing is, is it's it's the idea is have information going to school boards saying, I need money for this, but you bring the data, you show yeah. it to them. Also, it's very, it really helps defuse the political side of things mm-hmm. for me. Uh, we're in a situation where in our school board, we're, they're done at, they're not at large 
uh, they're done in elected in districts. So Albuquerque is a very large school district in the sense of square miles. We're over 1,250 square miles. Wow. So it's huge. Mm-hmm. And we're in three counties. So what happens is you really have the haves and the have-nots, and you have this school, yeah. older schools, for that are, you know, 60, 70 years old. You have some schools that are brand new that we yeah. built a number of new schools. So you kind of, and it's in the, the new schools are built a lot of times in the areas that are growing because that's where a great need is. And then you're able to take some of the older schools, repurpose them or rebuild them and things like that. But you have that. So a lot of times you, you get into a situation where the neighborhood or, or people that go, their parents feel that they, they're not getting what somebody else gets. And, mm-hmm. and you always have it in every city, the political side of, well, if this was in the Northeast Heights, I yeah. wouldn't have this problem. They would have fixed it right away. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happens with, with us and what we do is we track everything that we do by district. We also track everything that we do by zone. And every work order, anything that's done, by each school. We can mm-hmm. list it and we do this, we create this big report every year and it goes to, and it's published. We give it across whether it's through the Council of Great City Schools, school here, Dude Solutions, and it shows everything that we do and where the dollars go. And so what happens is when we, we take the information, we're able to go to the school dis, to the school board at a district meeting and say, here it is. You can see exactly what we spent at your school, mm-hmm. what we spent at your school, in your district. And, and it takes away the emotional side. Yeah. And it also takes away that political side because they see then where what the money is spent. They see we're spending the money where it's most needed. The schools, well, they spend a lot of it. Well, that school's 75 years old and your school's 20. Your school's only yeah. 15. It's a newer school. It gets a lot of work, but it doesn't need the same as a school that's 75, 80 years old. Yeah. And so it takes away that. That's a big plus. Yeah. And it also then, it's a huge tool advantage for me when I go to budget because I take all this information, I give it, and I show them, and I say, here's my needs. I can show them the number of work orders, the number of callbacks, yeah. all these different items that we're having. I can take to them, and I lay it out, and I say, here it is. And they... You know, how do you are either you're going to say yes or no, but you can't argue about the data. Exactly. And so they see the bigger need, they see the need for it, and they're like, "Wow, we, you know, it, it it's it's hard to argue data. You you mm-hmm. can have feelings, you can feel yeah. that you steal, you know, something, but the data's there. And and the, and what we do is we utilize that data for data driven. So, am I going to do this or am I going to do this? Yeah. There's a bigger need. It also helps the technicians. Mm-hmm. The technicians can look at work orders and they can see. We have a policy where we try to say, look, we we want to limit band aids, you know, and that's based on some budget too. But we want to limit band aids. But if you have the data, since they have tablets, they can look up. And if they don't remember how many times they've been there, they can look at the school, they can look at the work order and say, wow, I've been here four times on the same air conditioning unit. You know, it's time to replace this motor instead yeah. of Band-Aid, or it's a time to replace this controller or something. Or, you know, if it's a boiler or hot water heater, maybe I just replaced the unit. I've been here three mm-hmm. times. They have the data ready to show them, and it justifies it. The other thing that happens is now when they do that, I, I have, we, we all of a sudden see a trending because we follow each work order, we trend them 
for, for particular items, whether it's mechanical. And all of a sudden we see there's no more callbacks on this one. Mm-hmm. We, we don't see three or four work orders coming up for that same problem. We see that it's only one work order now that they fixed it. So we limit what, what work they've had to do there. Now they can go do some other work orders. Mm-hmm. They're not coming back. And we have less chances for catastrophic failure. Yeah. And, it's, and it's huge. It, it's a big deal. But that, I mean, that definitely increases your your staff's productivity too, because they're oh. not you're not sending them back out to do the same thing over and over. Absolutely, and in part of like what we were presenting today was trends. You start to see the trend where your cost of a work order may go up mm-hmm. because we're not band-aiding or replacing, but you don't see any more work orders after that. Yeah, you know. So in the long run, your your work order counts are going down, the amount of money you're spending on those are, are less. So they're, they're minor repairs, they're mm-hmm. not major repairs because we replaced it, something may go wrong. So you see your costs. And that's the same thing that happens with our PMs. Our, our preventive maintenance costs, our work order costs have yeah. gone down because we're doing preventive maintenance with the PM schedule. And it's a big push where all those costs tend to go down now. And even when you're when you're doing PM constantly, even your PM counts will go down. You're not having to do as many PMs because you're doing them on a regular schedule and you don't have those extra work orders that come in. So it, it works in so many ways. And one of the biggest things is like when I go to budget, I, I, you're, we're all fighting for the same money mm-hmm. you, in the sense that I'll have a different division of, of operations or somebody going there or a program's wanting And you don't... You don't want to put one thing above something else because it's all for the kids in the long run. Yeah. But everything we do is for the kids to give a better environment that's conducive to learning. And so we're just as much of a major player in, in school operations as a teacher, whatever, mm-hmm. in that sense. And that's what you have to do. You yeah. have to create that. So the other thing that's happened is when we do go to budget and we're kind of fighting for the same dollars, uh, the data carries a lot more weight and more credibility than someone who's saying, this is a great program. It's so amazing. You will love it. It's, a, it's heartwarming. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I had, one, I had that same case happen, and they ended up giving me the money I asked for, and unfortunately, a program didn't get funded. And when we were leaving, the gentleman tried to get that money. I felt bad for him. And he said, he told me, he says, it's unfair. And I go, what's unfair? He says, you, you know, because I had all this data. I could just present graph after graph and everybody got it. And it was like just overwhelming. And he said, it's unfair. And I I go, he says, you brought a gun to a knife fight, you know? (laughs) And then so it's like, okay, you know. So it's been wonderful. It it has helped us succeed in, in doing the things where we feel we're part of the we're part of the success. Anything we do, if it doesn't support the academic master plan, maybe it's something we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So everything in our resources have to support the education of children, has to support that environment that's conducive to learning and help be a part of the kids' success. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, John, okay. thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of the I will. I'm sure I will, and I'll learn a lot too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing bspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.